When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. You're working with statistics and people rely on statistics. So when they entrust, you know, their movements and their actions with what they're doing, especially these C-level individuals, when they look at a, a chart or a graph, sometimes those graphs, you can really, you can spiral a company out of control if you misinterpret what you're actually looking at and you yeah and the thing is is this is what's leading into why do you need to be a data, data analyst become before you become a data yeah. scientist yo so i have a very special treat for y'all today uh i think the number one role most of you all have been suggesting or asking for us to interview has been a data analyst slash data scientist and so honestly looking at you all's requests i actually pulled back and i was like okay let me actually like reach out to someone that i'm connected with on linkedin again wonderful linkedin community make sure you have that i said let me reach out to someone that i'm connected with that's here in atlanta that is a data scientist slash data analyst and interestingly enough not only do we have a guest on that is a data scientist or analyst but also they're going to talk about how those are actually not even interchangeable roles or titles which i'm actually excited about learning so not only are you going to be learning this here but i'm going to be learning this the exact same time you all will be learning it as well so uh, we have a guest that's on today marshall who not only is in this data field but actually transitioned from being a solutions architect so as always we're going to go ahead and put respect on our guest's name by reading off his bio so marshall turner uh now he's homegrown he's from marietta georgia very rare that somebody's actually from georgia <laughs> but he's uh from marietta georgia he's graduated from kennesaw state university i've actually been at that college a few times good college now he graduated with a a, a bachelor's in science as a ISYE, I'm definitely going to ask him what that is. As an ISYE, he taught himself everything he knows to get into the data industry, pushed his way into the transportation industry, and then climbed the corporate ladder to be a data science analyst. Marshall, thank you so much for being on Texas New Black, bro. Thank you for the invitation, really. Um, yeah, I'll just answer that question right out. ISYE is Industrial and Systems Engineering. It's a lengthy mouthful right yeah so most of the time someone will say isye or something like industrial engineering just to fragment it right yeah yeah um yeah you got it all right homegrown just i love this area never found a reason to leave and uh you know after graduating and getting into solutions architecture because mm -hmm. that was the first thing that i wanted to do i you know, I love it because I like talking to people. Yeah. I like being able to network. I like being able to always have that moment of almost a, a personal connection with somebody mm -hmm. while I'm doing business. Yeah. Right. And so that drew me in. And I was suggested by many other people to actually get into yeah. solutions architecture and sales engineering. Yeah. I found that I liked pricing and the, uh, the idea of being able to efficiently create a model that would uh, provide customers with an, almost an advantageous opportunity for them mm -hmm. to be able to go out and um, 
I'm really kind of being high level because I worked in different uh, markets. And so as a yeah. result, it was one of these things where it, there is no specific solution. It's yeah, just exactly. Like, it, now, high, high level is totally cool because yeah, yeah. You, you can't get too like granular or specific because <laughs> then you just get more specific about that specific company exactly. versus speaking about the industry. But so, so let, let's actually pull it back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so would love to just first off, just allow our, our audience to just kind of be able to connect with you more personally, knowing, OK, who? Uh, who were you like before? What was life like for you before you even sure. were thinking about getting in the tech industry? Sure. Uh, so, again, with engineering as a whole, there, there is very much of a push by the professors when, mm-hmm. at Kennesaw State, at least, where they're asking, hey, are you getting into any type of um, co-op or a uh, internship yeah. to be able to find that opportunity to be able to usher yourself into a company? Uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to find something with ADP, uh, mm-hmm. the payroll company, yeah. and be able to work with them in data analytics, actually. Mm-hmm. I loved it because there was a lot of things that we'll get into later that I found to be fun. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is that I actually got lowballed uh, heavily in by, terms of like how much they offered by you? how much they offered me oh, when I was graduating. Yeah, That's it's crazy. very surprising. Um, yeah. How long ago was that? Oh, seven years ago. Okay. It was a while ago. Um, And and the thing is, is that I fell prey to the classic kind of life lesson, and that is don't chase money, right? Mm, Okay. And uh, I got offered a very, very nice deal by a company to become a solutions architect. And, you you know, I had my time there where I was able to learn the ins and outs of being able to um, correctly solution someone a a product that may be a hybrid of two different uh vantages whether it be more reserved solution or Mm -hmm. more of an uh, you know advantageous solution um and and then also be able to just talk to c-level individuals Mm -hmm. on a a level in which it was very to the point and it was also something that was um almost an art right it's very different talking to somebody who's just you know either your friend or family member to someone Mm -hmm. who's c-level they they have a lot of time or they don't have a lot of time on their hands no they don't so you gotta be just got stuff going on straight on so i'm curious so when you when you stepped into being a so was it you graduated first and then you went after the uh the role with adp or like i let it go so what was the, the transition you said what i let it go Okay, so you didn't even work there. You just said no to it. Well, no, 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 no. I, I had the internship okay, for cool. about internship. six months. Yeah. And then when I graduated, they offered me a full-time role. And it was just, it did not work well. Oh, yeah. And I okay, ended up cool. going with another company. And again, yeah. uh, had that time as a solutions architect. And there was something missing. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't put my finger on it. Really, what it was is just a lack of happiness. Mm-hmm. I didn't find fulfillment in what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I can understand how people can f- find fulfillment, oh my gosh, find fulfillment in that, right? Yeah. But for me, it just wasn't my forte. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to change things up. Uh, at that point, it had been about three years. I had worked mm-hmm. with three different companies or so. Um, and my data skills were very rusty. Okay. So at this point, I was almost starting out kind of with nothing, mm-hmm. right? Clean slate. Uh, and this is something that was a little bit of a challenge because you have to stand out by having these computer skills if you want to get into data. Yeah. Uh, and you can't just simply say, well, I'm smart. I can do it. I'll figure it out. Right. You can't, you can't do that. So how do you do it? Right. You can take classes. There's plenty of boot camps out there. You know, Georgia Tech has a great one that's offered. That's 10 weeks of just coding. And people use that to be able to segue themselves into a position right here in the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. Um 
But for me, I wanted to find something that may be able to cut costs because at that point I was kind of tight on money. I, I didn't really want to push myself at least yet to get into a master's or some type of graduate degree. Mm -hmm. And so what I was looking for were different things, uh, maybe on YouTube, maybe on you know a site called Stack Overflow, uh, different answers in how to be able to further my knowledge in a certain I've, language. I've heard about Stack Overflow, but what is that exactly? Yeah, so Stack Overflow is a open uh, source community forum where okay. people talk about different problems and or theories. Um, and or anything really about languages as a whole, computer languages. Yeah. So uh, if you are curious about maybe some of the homework that you might be uh, working on in a class for, you know, uh, Java, right? You can look up on Stack Overflow. How do you do this? Right. And mm -hmm. it will pop up. There will okay. be something there. Right. And because it's usually because someone asked that question before and someone gave an answer to it before. Maybe. Or is it also like. Google search engines are just okay, cool. off the chain, really good at <laughs> connecting, you know, okay, cool. your concern with what you're querying. Right? That's why I was wondering. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so for the most part, what I was doing is I was using YouTube. Uh, and, and again, like people underestimate how valuable YouTube is. There are so many things on Facts. YouTube that you can find that you would never think that you could find that are so valuable. Like I I'm talking the best people in the business are on there just for fun coding things and you would never know it know it like uh, i found uh people don't know this you can learn data science you can learn coding that were taught by harvard uh teachers for free on yeah. youtube like there's a whole lecture series that you can just watch on any of these things and it's completely free you can yeah. practically get a degree through harvard through youtube <laughs> that's actually pretty crazy. crazy yeah yeah and I mean, like, again, it's all there, but no one looks it up because, again, like, yeah. they just don't know where to look. And um, so what I was doing is I was deep diving into that. But at the same time, I knew that one of the hardest things about one of the most beautiful things, actually, and one of the most hard things about um, coding is that you've probably heard this. You don't need a degree to be good at coding. You don't need Not a degree no. to get into coding. But the problem is that you gotta be smart and you gotta prove that you know coding because you can't just walk up and say you know it, know it right? Like as a translator, mm -hmm. uh, you can't say that you know Spanish, but then never speak Spanish, right? Someone will obviously yeah. ask you, speak Spanish. And then if you can't do it, or they'll start talking to you in Spanish, can't do it, well that's it, you're not a translator. You know, right? so this is a sidebar, but it's kind of off what you said. There was a woman recently who was outed because she showed up to, uh, she showed up to it was either a governor's office or a mayor's office I've seen this. Yes. Who, who said that she knew sign language and they for whatever uh -huh. reason believed her and they have videos of her doing sign language and she was literally just making stuff up and yes. she was like on camera while the mayor's talking just doing that's like right. random stuff that's right and so that was kind of like just a random sidebar that john was so funny when i found <laughs> out about that i was like yo that's crazy it was also multiple accounts like she, she did it multiple times and she got away with them what? multiple well, wait times. so by multiple times you mean she's done this for like multiple counties or yeah she would sign what? up and then somehow get away with it i don't uh, uh, the semantics of it are beyond me but i mean i saw that and i was like that is wild i so, guess because i'm I, impressed i guess because how do you how do you interview the person because technically the interviewer would have to 
you would think they would need to know sign language, but I guess if they knew sign language, they're like, well, I would just do, they would just do it themselves then. She lied about multiple roles. It wasn't just limited to that, but I know that she lied about like her background and like what she did. That's like so. the new version of, uh, what's that, that young boy? Uh, well, he's not young anymore, but the, the, the young kid who was pretending to be a doctor and people were actually going, I think he was pretending oh, no. to be a dentist or a physician or something. And people, and he was literally just this. a young dude who was wearing a lab coat and people were going into his office and paying him like, it's like, what's wrong with people? That's just crazy for that. Looking for a job in tech can be tricky, but what if there's a way to automate the entire process? That's where Octoply.ai comes in. See, this software does all the work it takes for you to get hired from researching companies to scheduling interviews. And all you have to do is just show up. Octoply.ai is the first application of its kind that will find jobs that your top applicant for, apply to roles, reformat your resume, and manages interviews all while you sleep. So if you're tired of the tedious job search, try Octoply.ai today and let technology work for you. So I'm curious. So, and this I know is a question that's gonna be burning uh, for everyone. Go ahead. What is a data scientist and what is a data analyst? Like, like what yeah. are those roles and what do they entail? Like what's the day-to-day -day like? Yeah, so um, for the most part, Data comes in at a difference in levels when it comes to your position. Okay. It could either be raw data that is pulled from a remote source, mm -hmm. or it could be data that's already been tampered with and formatted for you so that you can work on it. Okay. What I mean by that is that the data analyst position is taking that data that we know is good data mm -hmm. and putting it into something that make uh, putting it into a, a, a chart graph you name it mm -hmm. or visual to make it known to most business individuals hey this is what you need to know about either the activity either the the the, the sales or whatever you name it it could be any metric as to this is a piece of information you need to, need to know and again it could go to c level individual or it could go to somebody who's just a manager of a team, you know, yeah. down below. And so that that is holistically what I would say a data analyst is, right? Okay. On the flip side, data scientists. The data scientists themselves, what they're doing is they're taking this information. You've probably heard a uh, hot topic word. It's AI, right? <laughs> no. No. I've never heard no, of that No, never, never. All right. <laughs> we never so, talk about that here. <laughs> artificial intelligence. Uh, do you know kind of the, the, the waterfall of artificial intelligence, what exactly it is, and then kind of the deep dive into it? Because I don't I, know what the waterfall is. I don't, I don't know what right, that, that right, term right. is. So, we say that. so artificial intelligence has to do with basically the mimicry of human cognition, okay. right? Yeah. Uh, then you have something called a machine learning model. A machine yeah. learning model is within that within the realm of AI. It is a model that inherits the logic of data, and then it can predict, or it can categorize, or yeah. it can do something. But it has to have some type of human intervention in it yeah. for it to work. Then you have deep learning within that, which is basically the removal of human intervention. So, mm -hmm. again, all these different things. These are portions of data science that you can work on. And again, the application side of things has to do with, uh, I mean, the sky's your limit on that, yeah. right? You, you can do literally anything with those things. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, for data science as a whole, um, 
it's not limited to just that raw data that I was talking about. It's yeah. also the data that we we're talking about, the data analytics team with, it could be aggregate numbers, it could be the already groomed data, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. the, the miss, I guess, the, the misclassification of it is that people think that data analytics and data science are like these two different things entirely. They're nothing of the same, but really, if you're a data scientist, you are 80% of data analysts and 20% of data scientists. Okay. You don't actually do a lot of data science because data science has to do with creating these AI models, which it sounds super advanced, oh, right? I didn't even know but that I, they did that. Yeah. I guarantee you a data science model literally consists of maybe four lines of code. It's oh, a model. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Because nowadays we have these interpretive languages like Python mm -hmm. in which they can remove all of the noise when it comes to code and package it into these very crisp, neat words that you can call on as commands and then just kind of format it out to where it's only a few variables, the name of that model you want, and then that's it and it runs and executes, right? Okay. Really, the the what data science is, is statistics on a microscopic and macroscopic level. You are consistently thinking about different things from Gaussian distributions to the theory behind QQ tests and Gaussian distribution. These know that are is. stats. These are stats. Okay, okay, stat cool. theories as well as stat rules, knowledge and understanding, right? Uh, what what you're doing between or uh, the separation between data analytics and data science is that you're incorporating massive amounts of statistical mm -hmm. uh, theory as well as probability. Yeah. Right. And uh, the here's where we can kind of pour into something that maybe you, you might want to get into. And that is like, why would you want to be a data analyst before a data scientist? Yeah. Hey, so listen, y'all, we need to talk about Pivot Tech Bootcamp. Pivot Tech is a virtual bootcamp that guarantees job placement. Yes, y'all heard that correct. They guarantee job placement. Now, they have a variety of different courses, including what the guest is talking about that you're listening to right now. But outside of those courses, they also assist with different forms of mentorship and other forms of education. Not only do they provide mentorship and career placement, but we've partnered with them and they're allowing our audience up to $300 off with our discount link, Tech is the New Black. So again, that's hashtag Tech is the New Black to get up to $300 off their courses. Now again, y'all, they're worth checking out, they guarantee career placement, but when you do their bootcamp, make sure to keep us posted on your journey breaking into tech. I do want to ask that, but I actually want to kind of go like a bit, I'm not gonna say a bit more granular, but let's say, honestly, something as basic as like, what is, this is gonna sound, no, might sound silly to you, go ahead. but again, we have a very broad audience. We have an audience where they're significantly more technical than you and I could ever imagine. Yeah. And we have an audience of people that honestly, like every day we have a new person that's like, what is tech? And so, yeah, so with that, I actually would like to even address like data. So when you talk about data, for the person that's like, okay, I hear you talking about data. I love the analogy that you gave. They're like, what is sure. what is even data? And so I guess if you can speak on, and I guess an example that most people are very familiar with is even like social media. Obviously there's data that's extrapolated from social media. Mm -hmm. And so if you can explain to someone that doesn't know much about tech, doesn't, know, doesn't even understand what data is, but they understand social media, and it's like if you kind of under explain it from that component of even what data is just using social media as an example. 
Yes. Okay. So um, social media, obviously, it's a platform with a whole bunch of numbers in it from likes to the number of times you post per day yeah. to you name it. Right. All those numbers are floating around. Uh, but to make an app more efficient, let's say Instagram, mm -hmm. you have to somehow track those numbers and keep a record of the efficiency, so to speak, mm -hmm. of that app. And it could be a metric of anything, right? Um, for the most part, you can probably, hmm, this is a good one actually, because you can actually see it yourself on your phone. Uh, the amount of time you spend per hour of the day on your phone. Yeah. It has like an actual chart to show you how much time you spent on your phone. That is data. So that's kind of right. like that chart is is almost similar to a chart that a data analyst will make, like you mentioned that earlier. That is exactly what it is. Okay, cool. And, and yeah, great, great connection there. Um, as far as data analytics goes, the, the reason why I was talking about the idea of like data analytics being a a little bit different is that data analytics, your job not only consists of you working in a, uh, a field where you're consistently working with data to create these charts and graphs. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that you have to translate data into layman terms for those who don't affiliate with it. Mm -hmm. So those of you who are actually behind the camera, right, that don't know too much about data, you're the prime target for most of the people who are working with the data wow. to make stuff, right? And Sheesh. that's the hard part, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the most clear, it's not the most crisp, it's not the easiest thing in the world to look at data, especially that is not necessarily black and white all the time, yeah. right? That it's a little bit more grayed out in the middle, maybe, maybe it's a, a metric that doesn't necessarily make sense all the time. Um, data as a, as a whole, even when groomed, there is a level of um, like no company is perfect. No company is perfect. Yeah, no. When it comes to data, it's the same thing. Like groomed data is an ideal term for the idea that your data engineers or the people who take raw data and then make it malleable for your team, your data analytics team and mm -hmm. data science team they are not flawless. So, right, they'll yeah. probably make a mistake here and there. Also, data is not always accurate, no matter how much you want it to be accurate. Wow. Uh, and that's I didn't the even know part. that. I thought data was like usually, like always accurate. For yeah. certain metrics, yeah. you're exactly right. Like mm -hmm. the dollar amount, that's that's easy. But mm -hmm. there there are things out there here and there that where, where data can be subjective, right? Okay, how, it, like how could that happen? Uh, so if you're talking, I'll give you an example. Right now I'm working on a model and this model in my job measures difficulty on an operation. Okay. So I am basically taking what you think is difficult and what anyone else thinks is difficult. I'm interviewing multiple people. I've interviewed probably 15 people to find out what is difficult and what is easy. And then I'm putting a number on that. So you're gonna tell me that that data is accurate? Because again, it's off of 15 people's opinion. It's a number that represents difficulty. Yeah, no, no, no way. It's not exact, right? Yeah. So again, like the the metrics there, it's conditional, sure. Some are exact, some aren't. Mm -hmm. Also, here's another thing. You wanna talk about numbers and stuff like that? As far as like, uh, especially a, a, a high sales force or something of the sort, with any company alone, people lie. People love to lie. Oh, I'm so serious. Facts. And the thing is, is that that waterfall, that trickles right into data. If okay. you if you lie 
on like the number of, let's say you're a guy who pushes an elevation or elevator button, right? Mm-hmm. But you say right, you pushed it 50 times rather than 12. So I'm the data analyst of that team for the elevator company. You just see 12, 12, 12, 50, <laughs> 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, right? So yeah. like you see it in data very easily. And uh, that happens quite a bit. And, and it's not one of those things where it's um, uh, constantly a, a problem. But the thing is, is that it is something that is just another layer of analysis that needs to be done on a company's end to make sure that everything is in check. And the so-called level of skepticism is always there, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so data science as a whole, though, is all about probability and the pouring in of all these statistical theories. And when you're breaking apart and putting back together these queries or searches of data, so you're just collecting certain styles of data that you want, maybe for a particular reason, right? Uh, it can definitely get gummy, so to speak, with, or gunky, whatever the word is, like messy. Yeah, I was, I've never heard messy. gummy before. <laughs> yeah, I guess gunky, yeah, <laughs> messy, right? With like what you're trying to pull, especially if it is something that you know the, the data isn't necessarily the most accurate or the mm-hmm. data is not as well tracked or the data is, here, here's a good one actually, um, uh, domestic violence. When it comes to uh, weapons and like firearms mm-hmm. uh, being pulled in like homes and whatnot, most people think that we have like really good numbers and trackings as to like mass shootings. Yeah. But a fun fact about mass shootings, you can dictate what you think a mass shooting is based on a number, right? We could yeah. have 50 mass shootings if you consider a mass shooting four people, but you could also dictate that we only have three mass shootings if you think the mass shootings is 15 that's true people. there is no fixed amount for what a mass shooting that's is. that's actually true wow and so i never thought about what, that what's interesting is that people like again they they, they struggle with their that, that's particular take right and again yeah. this expands out with a whole bunch of different co- topics but again it, it's the idea of like what is your definition what is your definition yeah how are you going to handle that right and and so you're seeing things where data can be a little bit ambiguous yeah just a little bit Right. That's true. I never actually actually never thought about because you hear all the time. They're like, oh, there's this many mass shootings. But like no one actually thinks, OK, what constitutes or what do you categorize as a mass shooting? Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And again, we're getting better at it. You know, there was an interview with somebody who was in the Department of uh, uh, Homeland Security, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about that in particular. And he's like the tracking of data. We've gotten better at it, but we're nowhere near like there to say that we can have valid opinions on the matter of like activity right so not to get on a tangent about it but the whole reason i bring it up is again the idea that like it doesn't matter how advanced or successful your company is but at the end of the day there will always be problems that you have to either mitigate and or remove yeah and so like there's these things called like imputation methods right imputation methods are is a form of removing and or well it's not a form of removing, sorry. It's a form of reassigning mm-hmm. maybe uh, a, a value for a record that was in your database that is null. And I need it to, I need to keep all the data that's connected with that record. So I don't want to remove it, right? So I have to basically create an average off of what is remaining to be able to create some type of value for that record, that specific record, right? Imputation, that, that's a form of uh 
work that data scientists do on the regular basis, yeah. right? Uh, what we're trying to do is retain as much data as possible, but at the same time, make sure that what we're creating is a better representation as to what we're trying to either find or execute, right? Bro, so you, man, you said a mouthful, and, and there's something. No, no, a mouthful, a mouthful of good stuff. So I'm, I'm like more nerdy than like y'all, y'all realize. I'm not very super technical, but I love knowing how things work, how information is like is is pulled, and how things are determined. Because I mean, of course, we all talk data, we talk numbers. We're like, oh, it's, this statistic says this, but it's like, okay, well, how is this information actually being pulled? What's crazy is that you have me rethinking a few things because I read a, a book a couple years ago called mm -hmm. Dataclism. And it's hmm. by the founder. It's by the founder of OKCupid, and okay. it was the entire book was. It was literally them talking about data that they've pulled from OKCupid mm -hmm. and what it says about society as a whole. And it's really yeah. interesting. Like one of the chapters talks about relationships. Another chapter talks about like different social issues. Uh, it's also it, it's a it's a very kind of like broad array of things that it that it touches on, and. Man, I've quoted the book countless times because of the data and things that they pull from it. But now yeah. listening to you, I'm like, man, like now it has, I have to question even the data that it pulled and like, okay, like, I guess you can't even make definitive, like, you can't make a definitive, like, okay, this is what something is because of the data that was pulled from here. Like, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can make a statement about the numbers, but you can't necessarily make a definitive statement about everything that the book was touching on. So you're, you're touching, you're... <laughs> Not to use the same word, but you are you're touching on something that is a real problem in modern day data analytics and data science. Mm -hmm. And that is people underestimate the the power of data. Okay. If you throw stats out, sometimes you can light fires that you do not mean to light. Uh, give you an example. Yeah. Uh, I'm going really broad with this. But data science, most of the time the end result for a project is to create some type of application that is meant to be used by said person, internal customer, external customer, whatever, yeah. right? One of them can be a suggestion. But again, suggestions are seen as just suggestions to most people, but again, it, it messes with your brain. It does. I'll give you an example. Let's say salesman A wants to I don't know, sell, sell an item, right? Mm -hmm. um, and he's got a whole range of items. You have margin on those items, or a profit that you can make off of it, right? Yeah. From buying that product and then re either vamping it up or you know just putting it on a different platform and then selling it for a little bit higher of a yeah. margin, right? If I gave you a counter that you could look at every time you picked up an item, and that counter gave you a number one through four and the four being the highest margin you can get and one mm -hmm. being the lowest, even if I didn't tell you if it was right or wrong, would you look at it and then would it sway you to like pick up certain items that are four or one or whatever? No, that's very you true. Can, it's literally, yeah. Here's the thing. Let's say I put on there that there's a difficulty of how hard it is to sell that item. Oh. Right? then you look at it and you could see that maybe the four being the most difficult and then it says a three for the highest margin which one are you going to do are you going to are you going to bite the bullet and you're going to sell oh. it because this is the highest margin 
here's the thing. It can sway human nature. Yeah. The guy or girl, whoever it is, looks at the item. They can trip up for a second and go, oh, well, I'm only going to aim for those that yield the most profit. I'm only going to aim for those who are the, that's the easiest to sell. Yeah. I'm, whatever, you name it. But again, like this goes on with not only intentional things that you do as a data analyst or a data scientist, but this is unintentional. There are things that you may create that in your mind may be an innocent thought that can be easily corrupted. Mm -hmm. um, and there can be things that you create that you, for instance, I'll give you an example, Spotify. Spotify created an application that we all know of that you can listen to music and mm -hmm. whatnot, right? Before the big boom of Spotify though, it only sold music or it only, it only offered the idea that you could listen to music. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys knew this, but the podcasting was completely uh, unintentional. They allowed, I don't know it was unintentional. Yes, they allowed the idea of you being able to upload very, very large amounts of uh, data or yeah, really like large files your records, or large files, your yeah. record, right? So people realized that you could uh, one day that you could upload like a three hour long song if you wanted to. Yeah. Within about two weeks, they had like 275 million gigabytes, just like, or, or not gigabytes, something like petabytes or something. Pet something I never heard something of petabytes. Crazy. That's outrageous. All right, uh, don't quote me on that number, but it yeah, was yeah, a yeah. massive I'm, number. I'm tripping off just petabytes. I'm, I've never heard of a petabyte. This, <laughs> this is like one of these things where I was listening to it, and it was, uh, if you ever heard of uh, Freakonomics, I love that podcast. But oh, yeah, I've heard that, of them. That yeah. podcast, actually, they, they interviewed a guy from Spotify. He was saying they were buying data centers like that day. They had to go in and literally buy out data centers centers ask third parties like hey can we use your I data because did. we did not That's have crazy. enough servers to be able to supply like the traffic of all these uploads and they said our company literally like tripled in size because of this unintentional thing that they just never thought about yeah. it just happened it manifested right and these are were these like primarily podcasts these were primarily podcasts. Yeah. Well, I guess the song ain't about to be three hours. So yeah. And, and again, podcasts. like it, it was a boom for the company. It worked out yeah. well. But again, I can say that it can be just as detrimental as it could yeah. be something that is, you know, a, a glory, right? For for that company. Similarly with data science, again, like you're working with statistics and people rely on statistics. So when they entrust, you know, their movements and their actions with what they're doing, especially these C level individuals, when they look at a, a chart or or a graph sometimes those graphs you can really you can spiral a company out of control if you misinterpret what you're actually looking at and you yeah and the thing is is this is what's leading into why do you need to be a data, data analyst become before you become a data yeah, scientist and that's, i'm happy you brought that back thank you exactly the idea that like you need to understand the gravity of first off what you're working with okay how do you efficiently put that whatever it is you're trying to broadcast with your visual aid, Tableau, Power BI, whatever, mm -hmm. on paper so that it's easy for someone who doesn't necessarily know technology to read and uh, interpret, right? And then lastly, be able to do that on a frequent basis where you do not mess up, right? And establish almost a checklist for yourself. When you yeah. go through something, be able to look at your query or the search and or your code really to search and be able to 
see, okay, everything's checked off. This mm-hmm. is exactly what I want. This is how I'm pulling it. This is where it's going to go, whatnot. Because again, the idea is that everything is kind of interconnected with data yeah. and block A will ruin every sequential block after that, right? Okay. So you just got to make sure. And again, that that's that's also connected with like CS, any, any CS, right? Mm-hmm. So again, just coding in general. Hey y'all, we have some incredible, incredible news that I'm super excited about to finally announce our private tech community. Yes, yes, you heard that right. A private tech community exclusively for you all who want more than just the podcast. You want more than just the FAQs. You want to talk with tech recruiters. You want to talk with with hiring managers. You want to talk with coaches. You want to talk with people that can help with editing and rewriting your resume. Maybe you're somebody where you just want to be a part of a community where we're talking about updates of what's happening in the software industry. Y'all, this community that we've launched is also going to involve a Discord where we're going to be talking about updates in tech. We're going to be talking about companies that are hiring. We're going to be talking about upcoming tech events. So that way you don't have to miss any of the gems that I know, but not even just what I know, but the gems that friends of mine that are also in the tech industry know as well. So if you want to be a part of that community, go ahead and sign up. So that way you can join us. We have a few different tiers. Ultimately, it's all tuned in for you. Oh, and last thing, also within this community, we're going to be streaming all of our interviews with our podcast guests. So instead of you having to wait months to watch the videos later on, you will actually be able to watch the interviews in real time and ask your live questions to those guests. So make sure you join our tech community. So how how does someone make sure that they're becoming like the best data scientists or data analysts? I'll tell you this, you are going to mess up. You go into data, you're going to fall flat on your face. Everyone does it. I have done it, right? I, I, I'm not going to say what, what, what does I, messing up look like. I, not, not with you. I can, I can tell what you, is messing up I can tell like you in general. All right. I have witnessed people because um, there's a popular uh, programming language called SQL yeah. that a lot of people use, or SQL, or however you say it, um, that basically can query or search information and that also is a, a UI that shows the housing of all your data, right? You can accidentally drop a table, meaning you eliminate it from the database. It was yeah. never there to so begin So basically with. The, the, the table that was created based on the data that was pulled. The table or graph, like you were talking about earlier. But also eliminate about? it from your actual server. Yeah, so you, you, can, so you, you actually can, you get can, rid of it. or You can get rid of it. Okay. Get rid of it entirely. There are stories that I've heard of. I've witnessed stuff like this. People have dropped the entire table by accident. Uh, truncate means that you clean out the table, but you leave the structure. I'm talking like billions of rows of data. And how, and I know this varies company to company, but it's like, how big a deal is that? I mean, I would be pissed if, if we lost all our data. Well, I mean, uh, this is along with the idea of like solutions architecture for data centers. You need yeah. to have backups on backups just mm-hmm. to be able to spin up and then bring back what your last, I guess, 24 hours looking data looks like. Right. Mm-hmm. Everyone should always have that. Right. At, at the fault of the company, I, I don't think that God forbid there was a company out there that didn't have a backup. Right. But I mean, for the most part, it can be very detrimental because sometimes these tables are not only representative of the data that you see, but it probably has like internal logic in it mm-hmm. that manipulated the numbers to where maybe it's on an aggregate level or something mm-hmm. that took hours for someone to code. But like 
They just didn't realize it, right? So here, what I did, I'm not even kidding. I, I did something called an altar table. Yeah. I didn't do it. It was very, very small in relation. It was only like, <laughs> it was like 700 lines, okay? But okay. it made me freak out. It was yeah. like my third week of ever being a data analyst. Oh, man. And it, all it takes is literally con- like clicking control E, which is the execute, the hotkey for executing in SQL. And I didn't even think about it because, again, you're clicking control E a lot all the time oh. because you're doing all these other things and then you just accidentally hi- highlight something that you didn't mean to again you could click it again and you go <gasps> and it's too late Man. it's already ran it's done That's and like crazy it fortunately it worked out in my favor i learned my lesson yeah again it's one of these things that again not everyone's gonna go through it happens but yeah. It's part of growing as a data analyst yeah. because there will be a moment where someone either accidentally deletes a file, deletes something because like it just happens. Yeah. You're messing with data all day long. Probability, you're going to do it, right? Yeah, I was reading Atomic Habits and uh, I remember one of the chapters, well, the whole obviously the entire book is about habits. But one of the chapters was given an example of someone that worked at a, at a grocery store, a retailer, mm-hmm. and their previous job, they would... They would oftentimes like take, they would get credit cards and not credit cards, they would take gift cards, they would swipe the gift card. And after they swiped it, they basically used up the gift card. And then the person's job after that was to cut the gift card in half. Yeah. And that was their previous job. But now they're working at like a grocery store and they're not thinking, they're just kind of daydreaming. Someone hands them a credit card uh, to make the payment. Mm-hmm. They swipe the credit card and then they cut the credit card in half in front of the person. And so, but it's like kind of going back to like when mm. you kind of have that habit or that thing built into you. What's yeah. interesting, this actually makes me think this isn't the exact same. Because it's it's similar, but not on the same scale. But I remember uh, very recently, Eric was saying that uh, he kind of went through a crazy scare. Where so as as a as a, as a videographer, Eric has a, a large clientele, mm-hmm. always working with, with a lot of different very high level people, and he. And he had like a, a crap ton of like video footage. And of course, even with us, like we batch record. So, you know, we, we film like several guests on one day. And so between our content and other content he had, one of the files had had gotten corrupted to where basically it was like all of that was gone. And of course, like these are all his clients. He has like videos from conferences, events that he had shot for. Yeah. And so I remember seeing how much that just like kind of ate at him. And, you know, I'm thinking just about our, I'm, I'm like, shoot, I'm going to show our content too. Dang. But I'm like, I'm like, yo, I'm not even going to bother Eric because I know he's, he's like really going through it right now. And yeah, I was like, the best thing yeah. I could be right now is just a friend and be like, hey, bro, if it's gone, it's cool. We're going to yeah, rock it away. Yeah. But just kind of thinking about it, that's different because that's like his, that's his business, his baby, his clientele, his relationships. You know, of course, his family is, is eating off of what he's doing. But it's like, I'm thinking about like just kind of the reversal of that where you being, you know, you being an employee at a company and, and you potentially, now I know you didn't, this happen with you, but I'm thinking about like someone who might've deleted something massive, how that can affect like the whole company. Like, are there yeah. things like that that happens where like, it's like affected companies heavily? I don't know people specifically, but I've heard of things that have happened like that. And Man. again, like you're susceptible to it. Everyone knows yeah. that because there's a margin of error with any employee that you have, right? Yeah. On the flip side though, 
I would like to bring this to a more positive note. I would say this. Look, like I'm not here to deter anyone from getting into data. Data is a fantastic field. It, it sounds awesome. no, no, it sounds great. It is yeah. really fun because first off, you're on the frontier of exploration for anyone. When it comes to data, you can see trends for forecasting to understand what's going to be in the future around the corner for your company. You can be able to look into basically the performances of different people that you may be able to shine and show off to your company is going, look, like they don't talk a lot, but like they're doing a great job. Yeah. You can also alert your company for like crazy things that they may have glossed over and be able to say, look, we need to show attention to this, right? We yeah. need to save the company. And to an to an extent, you can kind of feel like a superhero just a little yeah. bit from what you're doing. I'm serious. Like <laughs> it, it, yeah. it's great, right? And and the the recognition that you feel, at least for me, is it's good. It's wholesome, right? Like we yeah. were talking about like where's your where's that fire in you to be able to uh, where's that satisfaction, right? I'm not, mm -hmm. I wasn't feeling it, unfortunately, with solutions yeah. architecture or yeah. sales engineering. But I feel it with this because, again, I love critical thinking. I love being able to look at things from uh, different vantage points and being able to see it either uh, at a higher, low level and be meticulous with how I may go about or, uh, yeah, how I may go about executing some type of problem. And then mm -hmm. after days and days where sometimes you have to step away from the computer, go play soccer, go run, go do something, right? Yeah. And come back. you. Sometimes you'll think about that eureka moment, so to speak, right, mm -hmm. uh, uh, as to how to solve your problem in the middle of doing something random, right? And, and like that feeling is just for yeah. me, it's great. Like you can't get enough of it, right? No, I believe it. I mean, in my opinion, I believe data is. I mean, of course, it's varies company to company, but I believe data is is you know probably the most valuable thing that a company has and especially being able to make decisions based off of that data. I mean without mm -hmm. data I mean even with us like between our YouTube our all of our just social media platforms our website everything you know traffic you know what people are seeming more most engaged in mm -hmm. it's like all of that is is data even the comments even people asking for us to interview someone who's a data scientist or data analyst that is a version of of you know data just on like an extremely basic level and of course, again, I believe that that's the most valuable thing because without data, you don't know what people want. You don't know the trends. Uh, you don't know any of those yeah. things. Man, so, bro, so this has been really good. We, uh, we, we got to uh, wrap up, but I okay. want to kind of ask you a question. Yeah. As, uh, as we wrap up, what are your thoughts on, we talked a little bit about AI. Mm -hmm. How do you see AI affecting the, the role of a data scientist or data analyst you know, for better or for worse? Like, what, what are your thoughts and your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I can expand it out to even beyond data science, right? So mm -hmm. many people are worried about the idea of, like, the removal of jobs. I would never call it the removal of jobs. I would call yeah. it the evolution of jobs, right? Our jobs in the next 60 years are not going to look anything like the jobs that we have now. I no, really, no. I firmly believe that. You said in the next like, 60 years? 60, yeah. I mean, I easily. Think the next 10 or 20, probably. Uh, probably, you know, yeah. like, so to speak, right? I'm, I'm playing it safe. Playing it yeah, safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But as far as like data science goes, you will always need it. Because the thing is, is that, you know, for instance, let's take an example, ChatGPT. Yeah. Everyone hears about ChatGPT. ChatGPT is an advancement in something called natural language processing. Yeah. It's also known as large language models. Yeah. It is. Oh, I didn't even know it was a, yeah, LLM. Entirely data science, right? And again, data science is an art. You can make things very accurate. But the thing is, is that it is 
very much something that is created by humans. So it can't be perfect. It can't be perfect. Yeah. And like some people think that it's going to be this manifestation of something that will be superior to human beings. We're definitely not there yet. Yeah, yeah no, no, we're definitely <laughs> but, not there, yeah. But like the idea is that it was a huge milestone. And mm-hmm. it's developing and it's getting faster and faster with what we're doing in the waves of technology. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that it's not going to remove any need for data scientists. If you didn't know this, when ChatGPT 3 got released, um, or no, ChatGPT 4. Yeah, sorry, the one that just dropped. The one that just yeah. dropped. They've been hiring a metric ton of data scientists. Whoa. Yeah, to be able to work on the model and augment it and do like a whole bunch of stuff there because again, they need more people to to work on it. Do you think right? that's the same thing with Bard, like with Google's version? Uh, yeah, same thing. Yeah. They're gonna have to do the same thing because again, the, the whole point of hiring those data scientists, we're looking at all the problems that would occur if you break chat GPT somehow. Yeah. Like that's what they're doing. So again, to answer your question, no, I don't think that's going to endanger anyone's job, so to speak. But again, like we said, the evolution of your job is definitely going to be there. 